I was young, I had two pair of leads. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh -huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh -huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh -huh. You want to see the inside, huh? I'll see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh -huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh -huh. Here come my intuition. Uh -huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh -huh. Here comes respect. Cruise your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, I big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean, loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch. Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately. Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, I'll go on my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. going on everybody how is everybody doing how's everybody doing man this is episode 162 of unscripted man this is episode 162 of unscripted and welcome back everybody thank you all for joining us man on your monday night and um we got a lot to go over we actually have a lot to go over man um We have Dynamite Grand Slam to talk about. Um, a show that was very controversial for all the wrong reasons. 
Um, but in saying that, um, we got a lot of top tier wrestling on this show, and it was a very good show. But all a lot of people seem to talk about is the uh, the sore thumb of the show, the sore thumb that is. The John Moxley Ray Phoenix incident. We're gonna get into that, and we're gonna get into what we think about that. We're gonna get into the psychology of that. Um, the old and, psychology. Yeah. Um, we got a lot to talk about, man. Uh, we got Rampage Grand Slam, which um. Seemed like a pretty good episode. I also have some fucking problems myself with the Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. Not the match. Not the match. I want to word it correctly. I think both guys did a fantastic job. But we'll get to that when we get to that. So, we got that to talk about, man. We have a super, super exciting possibility of of a santana and ortiz feud that i am uh over the moon about um so there's that there's that as well um um a pretty pretty dead week of friday night smackdown and then a pretty uh a pretty decent episode of AEW collision as well man so Overall, a pretty interesting week in wrestling. Um, tonight, uh, and then as for Monday Night Raw, and then as for Monday Night Raw, we had uh, we had some pretty fun matches on the show, but um, there there's definitely some concerns in there. So we'll we'll be we'll definitely make sure to cover uh, all of that. You guys know we always got to keep it a buck with you guys. We always got to be honest with you guys, man. So we're going to do just that as we always do, man, as we always do. So I guess we can go ahead and just hop right in the intro, man. Not waste any more of your time, man. So what is going on, everybody? We are back with yet again another edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast, another edition of Notorious Unscripted. And this is episode 162 of Unscripted, man. If you guys did miss the Friday show, if you guys didn't miss the Friday show, you guys can all watch that live on all platforms. That is Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. If you want to see it first, join us right here on YouTube. That is Dolph Ziggler, Mustafa Ali, and many others released. And TKO, unsure about having Vince McMahon a part of the company as he could be detrimental to the company. Um, so we talked about all that. We talked about the great possibilities. We definitely got a bunch of weird rumors floating around to talk about on Friday. And, um, you know, it's interesting stuff. It's interesting stuff. It sucks for the, for the real life people. If any of that is true, um, if you guys know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. But we'll we'll save it for Friday, as it's kind of just a weird rumor going around. Um, and the only reason we are going to talk about anything of that inkling is because it could mean one of two things for WWE, and it could either be really fucking good or really fucking bad. Literally. So there's that. So there's that. Um. Uh, but yes, if you guys didn't miss that, again, 
another wave of releases in the WWE and TKO unsure about having Vince McMahon in the company as it could mean operationally and financially negative outcomes for the company. We talked about all that on Friday if you guys did miss that. So that is available, like I said, for you guys on all platforms. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see it first, join us right here live on YouTube and um, every Friday at 4 p.m. Central, man. And also, if you guys haven't got a chance to get your hands on some of the official Notorious Heels Podcast merchandise, you guys can now find all of this beautiful, beautiful merchandise, the best in the game, live on the merch shop. This is Bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video down below. And uh, you have the Chicago flag design, the uncrowned kings of the IWC, the base logo design, the best kept secret to the IWC, the Riddler inspired design, the notorious world order design that does come in three designs, the Chicago flag design like you see on your screen, the classic black and white, and the Wolfpack red. You have the notorious... Uh, the Notorious Seals Podcast Grand Slam shirt, the baseball jersey-inspired design, the Scratch logo, and the only community that matters. All eight of these beautiful designs, plus more, available for you guys live on the merch shop. Again, that is bonfire.com, man. Um, link is at the top of the description of this very video. And if you guys haven't got a chance, and if you guys do not know who we are here at the Notorious Seals Podcast, I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half, we got my man, Sir K, here. How's it going, dude? It's going good, man. It's going good. Just been uh, been pretty normal, man. I did get sick over the weekend. Oh. So if my voice sounds bad, it's because I'm still sick. And it really only affected my voice at this point um, right now. So, yeah, if I sound like shit, I'm sorry. But, um... Other than that, man, I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, been chilling out, man. Just been chilling out. Been pretty normal. Pretty normal. But um, I like Durante with ass, man. How's life? How's the family? Life's good, man. The family's good. How's everybody doing in the live chat or in the replay? What about you, bro? How you doing? Yeah, bro. I am good, man. I am good. Um, I'm 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 chilling, bro. I'm chilling. Just uh. Yeah, just spent majority of Monday Night Raw just painting my action figures. So that was, well, paint, painting my solo Sokoa towel, if you will, I guess. The towel, if you guys, if you guys don't know anything about, you know, wrestling figures, the solo, the Elite 104 solo that they made, kind of definitely, very flawed, very flawed. Um, He come. He has the wrong torso. He comes with a white towel. Solo normally wears a black towel. So I, you know, painted the towel black um, and all that. And I also painted his thumbs white because his thumbs are not taped on the figure. Because I think uh, it, they tried to make the figure based off the bloodline, but the because they added like bloodline accessories and they did the bloodline attire. But the look of Solo is definitely based more off of NXT, you know, when he didn't have the the white wrist, uh, when he didn't have the thumb tape, and when he used the white towel instead of the black towel. Um, I don't know where the hell the torso idea came from because he was never that fucking skinny. But I digress. Um, uh, but yes, so that was that. That was what I. That was what I spent. Uh, that was what I spent Monday Night Raw doing, just painting my figures up and trying to make them look 
trying to make them look uh, pretty sweet. So, yeah. So, uh, other than that, bro, other than that, um, yeah, that's, that, that's it, bro. That's it. I can't show you the figure, man. He's actually out in the living room drying. So, I, unfortunately, I can't show you the fi uh, figure. But maybe I will post. Uh, maybe I will post some some fix up images on on my Instagram when he's all done. So, uh, but yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Nothing, nothing much. Nothing much, bro. Um, yeah, man. Just can't believe. We're already almost in October. We're already almost at the end of the year. It's quite crazy how fast these things fly by. It really is, dude. I'm telling you. I know. Before we know it, dude, we'll be making fucking year-end award graphics. And the, the year just flew by like that. And boy, do we have a lot. Do we have a lot to to discuss for the year-end awards, bro. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting, man. It's going to be very interesting. But... Other than that, other than that, um, other than that, bro, nothing too much. So, how is everybody doing? How is everybody doing, man? Um, as Durante always asks, I'm good. Family's good. What about you, Durante? Logan, Pops, Rico Vlogs. How's everybody doing, mm -hmm. man? And thank you guys for being here, bro. So, yeah, man. Um, hmm. So, AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite, man. This was Dynamite Grand Slam. This was sad. This is a little sad yeah. to see. This year for Dynamite Grand Slam, they did a huge set. As to where before, they pretty much did close to no set. Or else they wouldn't be able to fit the capacity that bought tickets and have them be able to see, you know, that wouldn't be able to happen. So when we opened the show and I seen a giant set that covered up, you know, the wall, one whole half side of the arena, I was like, damn, that kind of sucks. That kind of fucking sucks, man. But, um, it definitely does suck a little bit to see the just hype for AEW the hype for Grand Slam go down Grand Slam used to be one of my favorite episodes of Dynamite every year who can fucking forget the first one Ruby versus Britt you know um and, and of course Brian versus Omega you know oh, I think yeah. I think Cody and Black was on that show I mean, there's just, I mean, it was just a great fucking time to, to be a fan of AEW. Um, it really was. It really was a, a great time. Um, fast forward now, we did get a, a, a nice-looking card. Was it the best card they've ever put on for a Grand Slam? That's going to be a hard no for me. But, um, but was it a solid enough card to put on a good Grand Slam show? It was. It was, and and they put on, and they did, they did put on a good show, they did put out a good show, but huh, this match or this show was built off probably like five or six matches. It was Tony versus Soraya, Jericho versus Guevara, Eddie versus Claudio, um, 
Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley and Samoa Joe versus MJF. So you know, I I, th- I think we've definitely seen stronger, but not bad, not bad, right? Um. So the show opens up. The show opens up with Claudio versus Eddie. ROH World Champion versus the New Japan Strong Champion, uh, Eddie versus Claudio. Um, this was a this was a decent um, this was a decent uh, way to open. This was a decent way to open the show. Also, a lot of people, a lot of people were expecting surprises. A lot of people were expecting surprises. Um, a lot of people were really counting on Mercedes being here for this. Um, a lot of people were um, to the point everybody was fucking talking about it so much. Like, you know, like, you know, those shows that people just heavily like rumor shit and it gets you excited. Um, but in AEW, like on multiple occasions, we've seen it come to fruition. Like I remember for Holiday Bash, everybody was like, hey, are you guys ready for Kyle O'Reilly tonight? You guys ready for Kyle O'Reilly? And then he ended up showing up, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was one of those instances where, you know, before the show, everybody was like, I, I you know, Mercedes is going to show up. Mercedes is going to show up. Um, it, uh, I even think uh, JD tweeted out something like, is uh, Grand Slam going to be Monet? And, you know, it, it gets you excited and it makes you think, like, do these, you know, like, do these people know something? Because, I mean, we know people have their sources. We know people have their sources and everybody's talking about it. So I started to get excited, like, oh, shit, are we actually going to fucking see Mercedes tonight? And then, obviously, there was the overwhelming one of Edge. There was overwhelming one of Edge coming in. I'm going to be honest. Once I heard Christian's match was on Rampage Grand Slam and not Dynamite Grand Slam, I was like, okay, we're not getting Edge. I was like, because they're, they're going to save that for a live atmosphere under no circumstances. Are they going to do that in a fucking, um, on a taped Rampage? Literally. So... There was also no surprises, so that was a little that was a little weak, if you ask me. Um, Claudio versus Eddie Kingston. Um, the match was good. The match was good. I didn't have a problem with the match. It was uh, it was pretty. I mean, it was pretty decent. Not not bad at all, if I do say so myself. And um, uh, yeah, not 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 bad, bro. Not bad. Um. Um, yeah, it was nice. Uh, Eddie Kingston did end up picking up the victory, getting his big moment in New York, uh, winning the ROH World Championship and retaining the New Japan Strong Championship, man. I don't think he's ever been the ROH World Champion, so, um, you know, this was obviously a huge moment for him, at least I hope it was. I don't know how huge of a moment it would be for me. I don't know how much I would really care to win the ROH World Championship um, in 2023. But, um, hey, it was a big moment for Eddie in New York. And, and, and it was it was a decent showcase, man. So I didn't mind this at all. And uh, Eddie picked up the victory, man. So well-deserved to him. Truly, man. <clears throat> truly, man. Truly. A good way to open the show. 
And I like what they did here, man. And, and Eddie's moment was really fucking awesome. And it, it, was, it was awesome seeing him celebrate with both belts. Um, really fun way, good, great way to, to start the show. Definitely. Definitely, bro. Definitely. Next on the show was Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara. Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara. Um, they mentioned WrestleMania 20, I want to say, Jericho versus Michaels. As soon as they pointed out that Sammy Guevara was wearing the tights, was wearing tights um, similar uh, and paying homage to Chris Jericho from WrestleMania 20, and then Jericho had the little hint of red, uh, like, you know, Shawn Michaels was wearing red on that night, I mm-hmm. fucking knew exactly what was about to go down. I knew exactly what was about to go down, and I knew exactly how it was about to go down, and I immediately was bummed, and I'll tell you why. So, these guys have um, a pretty good match, a pretty good match. I actually really enjoyed this match. I thought this match was really fun. Jericho um, still performing at a top level, and doing great um i I, yeah i mean you guys know i think the world of chris i think chris is fantastic um so this match the match itself was absolutely fantastic i fucking love the ending the shooting star press into the code breaker um beautiful i love the ending to this match and after the match i knew we were going to get exactly what happened at wrestlemania 20 between Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. Um, being that, you know, Jericho's mentor was Shawn Michaels, and now here we are, you know, 20 years later, damn near, and fucking Sammy Guevara looks up to Chris Jericho the same way Jericho looked up to Michaels. So, Sammy gives him a handshake, go in for the hug, they hug, they kind of step back, but Sammy's still kind of like holding Chris's arm. And he gives him the low blow. Exactly how Jericho did Michaels. Uh, back at WrestleMania. Um, I want to say it was WrestleMania 20. I could be wrong though. Um, it was WrestleMania 19 or 20. It was somewhere in that in that vicinity. Um, one of those years. And that was it. And I love the match. I love the match. I thought the match was fantastic. But Sammy Guevara is standing there as Chris Jericho um, kind of leans on him the same way Michaels did him. And he throws him back. Um, and he throws him back. Sammy Guevara is standing there. And out comes Don Callis. Now, yes, this was the, the, the obvious um, <laughs> Logan, uh, some somebody told you some wrong information. Oh Lord, I wanna, Logan. I need you to bring me to this person who told you that we're reviewing NXT No Mercy from Bakersfield, California. And you're reviewing Wrestle Journey, let alone that shit. 
So, yeah. Yeah, I need you to bring me that person ASAP. So, so. Yeah, we got to predict that shit on Friday, too. That's pretty good. We do. Wait. Oh, yeah, it is Saturday. I thought you were talking about No Mercy. I was like, uh. I I was like, I. I think we need to talk about that one first. Um, so, oh man, I think you got those Meltzer sources, bro. I think you got those uh, Steve Carrier from Ringside News sources, man. I don't think that. I think you got them Slice Wrestling sources, my man. Slice. Um. So. So. Don Callis comes out. And, you know, puts his arm around Sammy Guevara and him and Sammy Guevara walk out. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, we're not doing a full-on review on Rampage, so I guess I could just talk talk about what happened there. So, on Rampage, Don Callis and Takeshita are standing out there, and... Those guys are very, they dress dark, right? To uh, Don Callis has always got on a black suit. Takeshita is always wearing the black trench coat, right? So, they, they, you know, they dress in, in black. Sammy Guevara just comes out in a fucking Hawaiian shirt and, and white and white pants. Like, like he's fucking, uh, like he's, yeah, like he's on a fucking cruise. Like he's going to the fucking Bahamas. Doesn't match the look of these guys at all. And he starts doing generic ass heel work. And I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fucking fan of it at all. Or at least, like, dude, if you're with Don Callis, be like Takeshita. Don't say a fucking word. Hardly say a word. Takeshita talks, but, you know, most of the time he lets Don Callis do the talking for him. Have Sammy Guevara... Let Don Callis give the explanation as to why he turned on Chris Jericho. But what do they go and do instead? They have Sammy Guevara sitting out there bragging about how he has a hot-ass wife. And he doesn't give a damn about these people. And he worked for their approval for so long. And he doesn't give a damn about them. And they switched up on him. And he has a fat paycheck generic ass fucking heel work dude this the this, this is gonna go nowhere this is gonna fucking go nowhere like every other fucking heel turn he's had it's like dude you just turn this guy back babyface and the people actually appreciate his work rate and 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 by this point they appreciate his story too you know um and you just turn him back heel and put him with Don Callis, and that was it. And now he's just back to being a generic, hot wife, fat paycheck, I don't care what you people think, heel. So generic, man. So fucking generic. They did the same fucking shit with Jungle Boy, even though Jungle Boy had a lot more promise. Um, I, I still think they should have waited to do the Jungle Boy heel turn, and just like they did with Ricky Starks, just like they did with Ricky Starks, dude. Fucking, here he is, over his fuck baby face. Oh, CM Punk's coming in. Well, we can't turn Punk heel, so we'll just turn Starks heel. Even though the people dig him, and he's 
just fine as a baby face. They, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I didn't like this at all. I don't like the idea of turning Sammy Guevara baby or heel when you just turned him back baby face with the whole um with the whole uh, uh earlier this year um with Darby stuff. Yes, with the with the Darby stuff. Or yeah, leading into the 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 four pillar things. That's that's I don't I don't know what the fuck I was yeah. trying to say. But yes, leading into the four pillars feud. What are we doing? I I, I I don't know what they're doing at this point. They're reverting back to the same thing that didn't work last time. It, that's the thing I don't get. It didn't work last time. And you're doing the same shit again? Oh, my wife's hot. You know, you know bringing your wife everywhere is what killed your act in the first place? You know, that was the main killer behind your heel act in the first place? Don't bring her in there again. Now he's fucking generic heel again when he was just getting momentum as babyface again. And I was starting to like him. He's just one of those guys to me that just works ten times better as a babyface. He is just not it as a heel, man. Not for me, man. He's really not for me as a heel. And he's a heel again, man. So I hope this time it actually pans out for him, but... To be honest, I don't think this is going to elevate him at all. I think this is going to do nothing but keep him stagnant. Right where he was and right where he'll, I guess, be until he's babyface again. He's literally... Yeah, he's literally a background player already in a in a thing <clears throat> with Don Callis. Um, yep. in, in, a, in a faction with Don Callis and, and Kanosuke Takeshita. Takeshita, if anybody... Is the main guy in the group? It's obviously Takeshita. So you're mad at Chris Jericho because he kept you under your thumb, but you're gonna go into a group where you're a background player again. I don't know what fucking sense that makes. I do not know at all what fucking sense that makes. But I don't. I don't like this at all. Sammy just works a lot better. Um. Uh. uh Sammy just works a lot better as a babyface and. They just fucking turned him babyface. So here we are again, and he's just back to being a fucking generic heel. Yo, my brother Larry. What's going on, dude? How the hell are oh, you, bro? So How good to see been? you in the chat again. Hell yeah, bro. How you been? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, So. So. um, Yeah, man. Um. So yeah, that is um that that that's how I'm feeling about the whole Sammy Guevara situation. I'm not a fan of it at all. I just uh, like Sir K said, I to me, Sammy's just somebody that just clicks with me way better as a babyface. Um that in all honesty. Um so yeah. That it's it's an unfortunate situation, but when Tony Khan doesn't know what to do with somebody, he just likes to flip their fucking roles around. Like, dude, look at how WWE is treating Drew McIntyre's eventual heel turn. Exactly. They are treating it like a huge deal. And in the process, you know, the Viking Raiders uh, and the New Day, their feud's kind of playing into it. And it's actually making both acts a little more interesting because they're involved in something very interesting. And if we do see 
I was thinking about this today. What if we see, what if we see, um, uh, Drew McIntyre team up with the War Raiders and we get them out of this fucking weird emo Raider gimmick? Oh God, I fucking hope so, man. I hate the fucking emo Raiders. Just an idea. Do I think they'll do it? Probably not. I think they'll just go with him as a singles. But imagine how cool that would be. A faction there with the War Raiders, the not emo guys. Everybody, you know, you guys know how they acted before they, you know, turned emo. But that version of them (coughs) with Drew McIntyre, excuse me, I think that show would be fire. I think that show would be fire, man. Um, So... Actually, Logan, to answer your question, I know exactly why Gunther versus Tommaso Ciampa is happening at Fastlane. Because if WWE is smart, they are going to have Walter not drop the championship at their early November Saudi show. But they are going to have Walter drop the championship to Chad Gable. In Chicago. Survivor Series. Because think about it. Survivor Series is right before the road to WrestleMania. And they want Walter ready for then, right? So you have him drop the title of Survivor Series. And the next pay-per-view, he's right back in the mix because he wins the Royal Rumble. That's my thinking of it, at least. I like that. I like it. Yeah, but I yeah I think Champa Champa and Walter are gonna absolutely cook though they're gonna fucking cook at, at Fastlane while Chad Gable gets back there and I think he'll be there I think he'll be there and be winning matches by Survivor Series so um it's it's gonna be a climb and they're gonna tell a nice story but I can appreciate it I can appreciate it for sure um Definitely. yeah um because you know. You don't want Walter to just break the record and then immediately drop the championship the first pay-per-view after he breaks the record. You know, we can carry this on. We got time. We got time to blow until January for Walter. So Exactly. Exactly. It'd be all right. It'd be all right. Let's take a the story if he'll still be employed in this company in the coming weeks with this Tommaso Ciampa loss. So it could either be really good for Ciampa or the, the end times. Very interesting, though. During the NXT North American Championship match, Michael Cole was naming a bunch of past NXT North American champions. Did not once make... um, uh, Did not once... uh, Reference Gargano? No. Nothing. Fuck, dude. Yeah, he mentioned, he mentioned Wesley, he mentioned Ricochet, he mentioned a bunch of people. He mentioned, oh, I see. Ah, I see. Okay, so you're for, okay, I, okay, I finally seen your typo. My bad. Yeah, okay, well, I guess they're not cooking on Fastlane. No, not at all. Yes, that's right. It is, yeah, that, yeah, that's a great fucking complaint to have. Dude, they did the same thing with fucking Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio, dude. They put them on SmackDown. Or Asuka and Io. You didn't think that was pay-per-view quality? Asuka versus Io? What are we doing? What are we doing? Okay, I seen your 
Got it. I seen your typo. Yeah, that's a great complaint to have. That's a great complaint to have. Um, fucking, <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely want to know what they have for Fastlane because there's a lot of things that are not on Fastlane, and I don't know why they're not. I genuinely don't know why they're not. Santos versus Ray, Champa versus Walter. Fucking Oscar versus EO. Bunch of shit they've been putting on SmackDown. They've been giving it to us on Raw. I can appreciate high-level quality matches on the weekly shows, but you gotta you gotta give us a little something. Gotta give us a little something for uh you gotta give us a little something for um the pay-per-views. You gotta make the pay-per-views feel special too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, definitely, Larry. Definitely. Walter Walter needs to be on a fucking collision course for Seth Rollins as soon as he drops. And I'm thinking Survivor Series is the right place to have him lose the title. You're going to be in a fucking... The, the best wrestling city in the U.S., Chicago, will be there. So that'll be cool. And then you have a big moment. And then right after that, you start building Walter up for that Royal Rumble match. And he fucking wins it he wins the whole thing um i think that's what needs to happen challenges seth and then you know exactly exactly logan exactly it's like you know i can appreciate like i said i can appreciate the factor giving us good high level matches on on tv but you know you gotta fucking you gotta prioritize the pay-per-views too you you know the the b-level pay-per-view fucking sucks sucks no exactly exactly logan i have no fucking idea what happens you know what i can see happening cody wins the wwe title and being that they have past beef he cashes in on cody so lame it is true though that's probably why they're they're fucking involving cody in this so much either that Either that or Damian Priest is going to be a babyface by that time and he'll cash in on Walter. I don't know which one I hate more. Probably the Walter one. Probably the Walter one. Probably. Um, I, I just thought about that. I could see that too. I could see that. And then... Ugh. Imagine Cody finishes the fucking story and they immediately, like the next night on Raw or, or even at WrestleMania, <laughs> they, oh, God. Dude, all roads lead home at that point because ain't no way. Oh, bro. Oh, that would be fucking horrible. That would be fucking horrible. Oh, Larry. I, you know. I I was saying that for like a month straight till I was blue in the face. But Damian Priest, the reports that WWE wants Damian Priest to work as the heel and or, or to work as the babyface to be the one to get kicked out of the Judgment Day and work babyface over Finn Balor is fucking. Uh, is, is fuck it that is taboo to me 
how you look at the two of them, how you look at Finn Balor and Damian Priest and say, and, you know, judging off the story, Finn Balor is the one that got screwed over in this whole situation. Damian Priest literally cost him two title matches in a row. Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. He fucking cost him two title matches in a row. How do you look at that? How do you expect your audience to look at that? Classic WWE insulting our intelligence. Um, oh, how Especially do you... with that first one where he pump faked him. Yes. There is no way you could spin that. No way. He pump faked the fucking guy. He literally, he literally walked up on bro for no reason. And then try to say he had no intention of cashing in. Then why the fuck were you ringside? Exactly. Get the fuck out of my fucking match. Like, you're not the good guy here. You can literally can't be the good guy here. And, yes, and they're trying to insult our intelligence and make it seem like Damian Priest is the babyface here. And Damian Priest just... Oh, you know what? I could see them doing something like that. I could see yeah. I could see them having Priest cash in on Seth and then Finn would end up costing him the championship to fucking get back at him for what he did oh, to yeah. him. And then that would be how they make Damian Priest a baby face out of the whole situation. <sighs> this fucking Finn finally got his lick back and somehow he's the prick because of it. Yeah. What is this storytelling, Ben, bro? Fuck, it, it makes no sense. Please just give me the babyface prince that you gave us in NXT. He wasn't Smiley Finn. He was just a badass fucking veteran. That shit was sick. <sighs> no, 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 Logan. I'm saying... Damien wins the title, like you're saying, but then when he, whenever he does lose it back to Rollins, Finn would be the reason, you know, Priest loses the title. Now loses yeah. the cash in. I am fucking over WWE doing that. I am over that. But, um, no, I definitely, I definitely could see what you're saying. I definitely could see what you're saying, though. So, anyways, back to Grand Slam. I know we want to talk about more interesting things, but Tony Storm versus Soraya. Soraya wins. Um, match was all right. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I mean, it wasn't horrible. Um, I mean, it also wasn't anything you know spectacular. So I mean, it was. It was okay. It was okay for what it was. It was okay for what it was. So yeah, that is that is that. That it was not a match. It was as good as one of those things can be. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, after the match, Soraya's stalling around in the ring as if we're about to hear Mercedes Monet's theme music hit, and nothing. Then they just fade away into commercial. Um, so that was that. Um. God. John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix for the International Championship. Uh, <sighs> we are about to piss off all the marks. Ladies and oh, gentlemen, yeah. this has happened 
countless times with the Lucha Bros, where mm-hmm. we do spots that are unfucking necessary. See, and no, I'm not saying he did it on purpose. No, no I'm not no, saying no. that. It's but how many cool. fucking times have these two, the Lucha Bros, been caught doing reckless shit that ends in somebody getting hurt? That spot with Dante Martin, WrestleMania weekend, was one of the dumbest things, the stupidest looking spots I've ever fucking seen. And it ended with noodle leg Dante Martin. So, it's not Ray's fault. Yes, it is. And I'm going to tell you why. Reports have told us up until this point, John Moxley was concussed in the beginning of the match. Ray Phoenix did some dive to him and he bounced his head off the ground. If you think that that man is concussed... What in the fucking world tells you it's okay to do a pile driver spot for your finish? A shitty one, too. Where you literally dump the man on his head when he's already concussed. And I'm sorry, but I've heard enough stories from Kurt Angle about when he was concussed in matches and his opponent knew that he was concussed because he's out of it. I'm sorry, but you know when someone's out of it. Sure, John Moxley looked fine, and if you wouldn't have caught that, you wouldn't have seen from a TV perspective, you we wouldn't have known that he was concussed, but you're working with him. You're talking to him as you're working with him. You didn't think at all that he was a little out of it? Fuck in Another person who, to me, is also not as much as Ray Phoenix, but also at fault, the referee. Absolutely. You saw a man Absolutely. get concussed at the beginning of the match, and you didn't, you know, tell Ray Phoenix, hey, we got to cut early. You didn't, you didn't fucking, there was a pin where John Moxley literally didn't kick out at all, and he, he reacted like he kicked out and stopped the pin. Why would you do that? I'm sorry. Just end the fucking match. Yeah, I'm sorry, but when you do shit like that, you know he's loopy. You know he's loopy. I'm sorry, but you know it. Your whole job is to ask them. After spots like that, are you doing good? Did you not ask him? Did you? And he did he fucking speak fucking Latin to you? And you just kept the fucking match going? And like... I... And I'm sure he's worked with Mox enough to know the difference between a uh, conscious, yeah, I'm good, and a loopy, yeah, I'm good. Because I can see Mox being the kind of guy like, yeah, I'm good. But I'm sorry, dude, you know when somebody's loopy. If he's not kicking out of falls, then he's not in it. And you go with a pile driver finish? And it gets to the point where why'd you have an end the match at all? In, like, a legitimate way. Just, why don't you just throw up the X? That's okay, you can do that. Just throw up the X and get those guys out of there. 
get Mox out of that situation, and you don't cause any more problems. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, what the fuck are we doing, dude? What are we doing? Um... And, and and again, dude, it's I, I keep seeing everybody saying this shit like, oh, it's not his fault. Yes, it is. Dude, you knew dude was loopy and you go with a pile driver finish and it just so happens to be one that you fuck up and land him square on the top of his head at the end of the After match. A Lucha bro fucks up a move, not only in general, but... When a man is already concussed, he fucking messes up a pile driver. And I'm not one of those guys that are saying never do fucking pile drivers. I like pile drivers. When they're done safely and correctly, yeah. they're awesome. They look great. And when they're, you know, safely, you know, performed, nothing's wrong with them. Samoa so Joe. Move exactly. Samoa Joe did one later in the show. Exactly. Even like other shit that like WWE used to be like the Muscle Buster. Just small Joe does it all the time. It's fine. Sometimes people do get hurt, and those are genuine accidents. And yeah, sometimes there are genuine accidents. But it's never the move's fault. It's how you do the move, and it's how the other person takes the move. And in this case, the man that was already concussed, you held him too low and dropped him on his head. What? <sighs> Unfucking believable. Unfucking believable. This is the kind of reckless shit, and this is exactly why, from the get go, I've never really been too hot on the Lucha Bros, because this oh. shit is just fucking reckless, and it is avoidable, to say the very least. And it's constant. <clears throat> Constantly. They've gotten too excited and messed up too many moves and got too many people hurt. It's it's a cycle. It really is. And at the beginning of AEW, what did Jericho do? He told them to slow down because they don't understand their fucking matches. Because they just jumped around the whole time. They slowed down a little bit. But once they get excited in a match, they just go. And that's okay. You get hyped. You get excited. But you gotta know... You know, what the fuck you're doing in there. And apparently, neither of the Lucha Bros do. Because you gotta they know slow it the fuck people. down. And this, I'm about to say something. They might get me stabbed. The next time we go to a fucking AEW show, the Lucha Bros are the Nia Jax of AEW. They're the Nia Jax of AEW. If you are mad that Nia Jax is back and are concerned for their safety of the women's division, you should have that same concern of safety for the AEW tag team and singles division when it comes to Lucha Bros. You really should. Literally, every time I watch a Lucha Bros match, it's I'm just constantly fucking waiting for somebody to get hurt. That's a shoot. That's that's a shoot. Yeah, that's legitimate. Yeah. What's hey, up? Rage. How's it going? How you doing? How you doing? I don't know. At this point, that's how I feel anytime I watch the Lucha Bros. Did they do it on purpose? No. no. But is no this shit that's does. constantly fucking avoidable? And is it shit that's just fucking utterly reckless? Yes. It's reckless as fuck. Again, you know dude's loopy? 
do not go with a fucking pile driver finish. And you go with a pile driver finish. Calm the fuck down. And then fucking wrestlers, pussy ass wrestlers, want to tell fans, well, you guys don't know anything about psychology. Well, yeah, I mean, golly, I, I, I get it. I get it, right? Fans can't have opinions in your eyes. But even I know, if somebody's loopy, you don't go with a pile driver finish and dump him on his fucking head. Like, I get if some fat fuck wrestling fan is telling you how to fucking properly spin in, in a move. Like, yeah, that shit, like, yeah, you have no bearing on this. But when it comes to safety shit... That shit's just common sense. When a man is concussed, I don't care about the in-ring psychology. That should not involve dumping him on his fucking head. And to reference that, what happened, that man wasn't even in that conversation. What are you getting in that conversation for? Would anybody bring him up? (laughs) No. So what are you talking about in-ring psychology for when you weren't involved in that? And... There was in ring psychology because apparently no one knows what that is. And another thing, too, what these wrestlers don't understand is they have podcasts or they had a podcast. And on these podcasts, they would teach the fans about psychology. They would teach the fans about psychology and they would. Like, um, I, I don't know why I'm not saying his name. I'll just fucking say his name. I don't care. Dax. Dax is the, Dax is getting into uh, arguments with, 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 uh, uh, JD's, you know, people in the community telling him he doesn't know about psychology. Like I was telling Sir K this, I loved Dax's podcast. I did. What was was the one complaint I had about Dax's podcast on episode one on episode one? He said, anybody that has done anything in this business can have an opinion on it. And I can't tell them anything almost making it sound like the, if you're a fan and you, if you haven't been in the business, you can't say shit. Okay. Uh Well, Let's take this into our psychology factor. So you got you have a podcast and in that podcast you would teach about wrestling psychology. That's one of the reasons why I love Dax's podcast because he would teach people. He wouldn't just get on there and bury people. No. He would teach you, he would go through why things happen, and he would give you the psychology of why shit happened. So if you're saying that fans don't know about psychology, what about fans that learned about psychology from you? Because I learned a lot about wrestling psychology from Dax's podcast. So are you saying that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about? Where do you think we learn about wrestling psychology from? The wrestlers. So, you guys don't know what you're talking about? Obviously, some of you don't. Because <laughs> you're dumping people on heads. But, um... <laughs> I just realized. <clears throat> so, by that little analogy he gives... 
as long as you do any anything in this business, you have an opinion, okay? You could be the most buttfuck wrestler in the world with the most Vince McMahon level opinions, but they're valid because you, you've done something before. I think this applies to you and me because what did we do one night um, in the middle of the night? We went in the backyard we were in the yard and, we banger. and we were putting on matches and we were, we were bumping. taking taking bumps on some hard ass, probably some of the hardest dirt I've ever fucking felt in my life. That shit had to have been mostly rock, but taking bumps on the dirt, doing this, doing that. So, by your logic, Dax, we have an opinion because we technically did do something in this business. We wrestled in a backyard, legit ass wrestled in a backyard, took legit ass bumps on dirt. So, by your logic, Dax, our opinion is valid. Thank you for validating my opinions. And you know what, Sir K? Even as a 16-year-old young man, when I gave you mm -hmm. that one-winged angel on the grass, what did I make sure to do? You tucked my head. It hurt. Yeah. It hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt my ass bone fucking... Oh, dude, that's probably the worst I've ever... No, not the worst <laughs> I've ever felt, but probably second. Worst pain I ever felt in my lower half. Second... Well, first one, it's the second. First one is when I fell on my kitchen floor straight on my ass when I was a kid. That shit hurt so fucking much. So that's up there second. But you took my fucking head. My head was fine. I got up. I was fine. You didn't drop me on my fucking head. Better than fucking Ray Phoenix. As a matter of fact, your head was um almost kind of cushioned by my leg. Yeah. My head didn't feel any type of pain. It was all in my, like, lower, you know, back area. My fucking right ass hurt should... so bad from doing the little, like, one-winged... Because, you know, you basically just have to sit out oh. on your ass. Oh, God, that, that shit fucking hurt, man. <laughs> Dude, that dirt was so fucking hard, too, man. Like, it could have, like, rained the day before or something, man. Because, no. fuck, dude. Oh, man. But, but in the grass on some hard ass dirt Larry yeah. so I don't know why we didn't lay no mats out or something I don't, I don't know <laughs> we just got so hyped that night we should went out there and did it bro we we're just, just we we're just bumping our ass off for no reason oh per angle, bro we just went out there and just did crazy shit for no fucking reason but thank you Dax actually for that because you just validated this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. We have done something in the business, it seems. So, fucking. Well, there you have it. Um. Oh, God, Larry. I think that night I also gave Sir Kay an elbow drop off the fucking, off my fence. Now, my fence isn't too high. It's probably like a six-foot fence. But fuck, my fucking lower back hurt like a bitch the next morning. But it was all worth it because we were just out there just casually putting on a banger at like 2 in the morning. So, I, <laughs> I don't Didn't know. did you give me a back drop too while I was laying on the ground? Wasn't that also a thing you did? I think or, it... or were you going to do that and then you switched it to the um, elbow drop? I think it was. 
Okay. Actually, oh. no, I was trying to do a swanton, but I was trying to make it to where I, you know, obviously didn't fucking fully swanton you and like my head just kind of like hit your arm. But it, but then I just ended up going with the elbow drop because I didn't want to like fucking land my whole fucking back on your chest. So because <laughs> that would have just fucking hurt like a bitch. But um, mm-hmm. uh, but I. Anyways, we were just casually putting on a bed. That's one of my favorite memories from from high school was that night me and you just casually just put on a fucking banger in the backyard. Um shit was classic. Yeah, you were doing a bunch of moves to me too. I think I think you I think you I think you did some off the fence too. I, I think I did. I forgot what I did. I uh, I might have done more of a drop too to be safe. Yeah, see, we were out there being safe, bro. So, uh, you know, look at that. Ray Phoenix is out here dumping man on his head, and here we are. We just worked a fucking forty-five minute banger with, um, you know, with no. I mean, dude, even when it, they always say don't try this shit at home. Well, apparently, fucking, I'm safer than Ray Phoenix at home because again, me and my cousin as well. Me and my cousin Jet, shout out to him. Dude, we used to be out on his trampoline genuinely going for like two hours, bro. Putting on a fucking banger out there. I'm talking Cesaro swings, attitude adjustments, cutters. I used to just hit mans with RKO, pedigrees, F5s, bunch of shit. You name it. You know. Did, Did anyone get a concussion? No. Oh, look at that. Look at that. No. Never hurt anybody. Never hurt anybody, man. Me and my boy Caleb. We used to be out there German suplexing the shit out of each other. Call me Perk Angle. I used to be out there fucking taking Germans, giving Germans bunch of shit. Now, a German suplex could go very wrong. You can fucking easily easily fucking land somebody right on their fucking head if you do not have the strength to lift them not me motherfucker i was out there just dishing out fucking killer ass german suplexes bro i was out there thinking i was fucking brock lesnar shit was nuts but anyway um so take that ray phoenix and in the main event mjf and samoa joe um, MJF, uh, MJF had a little, uh, special, kind of special entrance. He, uh, seen this kid who looked up to him. He went up to the kid, put the scarf around his neck and whispered in his ear, you're adopted. And as he walked away, the kid asked his dad or told his dad that he asked his dad if he was adopted. Um, so MJF and Samoa Joe casually, you know, just came out there and put on a banger like us back in the day. No, nah, but these guys had a really fucking good match. They had a five-minute overrun. They got about, like, 25 minutes. Now, with commercials, that was probably, like, 15 to 18 minutes, maybe. Um, somewhere around there. But it was really fucking good. I liked it. They even did a pile driver on bare concrete. And no one was dumped on their head. <laughs> what? Whoa, really? No fucking way, man. Yeah. Samoa Joe Look at that. Samoa Joe did the pile driver perfectly where he leans back and MJF kinda lands 
not on the ground, but kind of more so on his dick, you know? Yeah. So that's the best way to describe it. You know, Joe leans back, you know, so, you know, instead of fucking spiking him on his head, like Ray Phoenix, um, he kind of just lands, lands on his dick, um, which I mean, Hey, also probably hurt, but rather be that head than the, than the main head. Exactly. So, so yeah, man. Um, so MJF, um, MJF, um, ends up retaining the championship here. He ends up retaining the championship from Samoa Joe. Um, oh, I forgot to mention too, in the open, um, Oh, he's absolutely right. Pile drivers, pile drivers are pile driver. Well, we want to talk about psychology. Pile drivers should be something that, like, think about that one TV match on Raw with John Cena versus CM Punk when they pulled out the pile driver. That shit was like a huge deal. Like it was huge because you are supposed to use a pile driver. That is like to me. A pile driver is like a last ditch effort fighting for your life. I need to put this guy away. Move. You know. Um Exactly. In AEW, you know, Canadian destroyer here, <laughs> Canadian destroyer here, fucking pile driver here, pile driver here. And then when you get people that don't do them properly, it makes That's it even worse. Exactly. So um so yeah, man. But yes, they definitely should be used a lot less. Um, so MJF ends up picking up the victory against Samoa Joe. He has Adam Cole help him. Adam Cole uh, supposedly got injured. You could definitely tell when he jumped off the Grand Slam stage. He kind of started limping, and I guess he was wearing crutches at the hospital. He passed. Um, he passed MJF. I think it was it was something to choke Joe out with, and 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 uh, similar to what he did to Punk, and uh, Samoa Joe uh, put or MJF put Samoa Joe to sleep, and that was and that was that man. That was that. So um, so yeah, man. MJF uh, MJF picked up the victory. He hugged the ref. Um, he hugged the ref to uh, distract him from finding. Uh, the ring, as the ring fell, and also for Adam Cole to get the get the thing that he used to choke Joe out of the ring with. Um, so yeah, that was that was the end of Grand Slam. We have another ending where it's better than you, baby. You know, standing on top of the world as they have done for the a minute now. Um, but. Yes. Uh, other than that, man. Other than that, it was uh, it, it was a very very good main event, and I loved I loved 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 this main event. It was it was uh, amazing. It was amazing. Exactly. It was a really good main event, and I like where they went with it. I loved the match, and I like how they ended it, man. <clears throat> Sucks, Admiral Cole. Looks like he messed up his foot or his ankle, and jumping off the stage, man. Shit like that happens. Um, I saw people trying to blame it on the fact that they have those, like, elevated ramps. Personally, I love the elevated ramps. Me too. To just land it wrong. I, I, that could happen to anybody at any point. I could do that shit right now. You know what I mean? I could jump off my bed and kind of land wrong. <clears throat> fucking up my leg. Shit like that happens, man. So, 
That sucks, man, and I hope it doesn't, like, affect much with the story. I really don't think it will, No, but I really hope not. I feel like we would have got a word on it already if it was. I think, I think we, yeah, we would have got a word on, like, plans changing and shit, but, I mean, you could work around something like that. And then the only other thing on Rampage uh, that's worth talking about, um, uh, what is this guy's name? I know it's not Bear Bear Bronson anymore. I guess it would just be Bronson of the Iron Savages. God, they fucking suck. Um, he answered Santana's open challenge. Santana beat him. Ortiz came out to the stage afterwards did this to Santana, telling him to come here. Santana walked up to him, and Ortiz said something to him, and Santana walked away. Dude, I am hype for this fucking feud, and it better get some fucking time on Dynamite, for Christ's sake. Or Collision. Something. Yeah, you want people to watch Collision in this day and age? Put this fucking Santana and Ortiz feud on there. And look at this. Two guys that don't like each other. That are willing to work together. And I hope wow. and I hope this feud makes these guys get back together. I hope it does. I hope so, man. I hope it could work out their differences, man. But if it doesn't, hey, they work together. And, well, I didn't watch Rampage Larry. I don't think anybody no. does. No. But I've seen what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that, man. Um, shit, I, I barely want to watch Dynamite at this point. But um, I really hope it does. I really hope it can bring them back together. But like I said, if it doesn't, they they work together. They finish the story. Like, EVPs and Chicago Phil couldn't say the same, man. So, there you go, man. Um, and I hope, and I, like you said, I hope they put it on something that matters, like Collision or Dynamite. If you make this a fucking Rampage feud, then Santana was right all along. Yeah, absolutely. God, I swear to God, I wanted to see them as the fucking tag team champions so bad. So bad. I swear, everybody did, and they never gave it to them. The Hung Bucks became the trio's champions. Uh, well, <laughs> no, not the trio's titles that matter. The ROH trio's championships. They beat the Mogul Embassy to uh, get it. And then on Collision, um, there was a couple cool things that happened on Collision. Um, I also seen Dax was getting into arguments on on, on Twitter uh, because people are complaining that the young tag teams they're facing nobody gives a shit about oh yeah what did he say he said we they're wrestling us so that means they matter <sighs> Dude, no it doesn't tell a fucking story yeah no, fucking... The, no the fuck it doesn't why are you doing a fucking open challenge dude it's so creatively cheap the fuck It genuinely is that if you do an open challenge in today's day and age, you're telling me that you are creatively fucking bankrupt. Literally, exactly. Do guess that's all you could come up with. Yeah, and all people were asking is for the these teams to be built up before yeah. 
they face FTR just a little bit. Look at Aussie Open. They they cut a promo on on FTR and and you know these guys have been decently showcased in AEW for for a minute now. You know what I mean? And it looks legitimate to the point I hope Aussie Open takes the fucking titles. Oh dude, I hope so. Genuinely. <clears throat> I really do, man. I really do. And I, and I and I I think it would be uh quite ridiculous if you have Aussie Open not win the championships because clearly FTR is creatively bankrupt. Oh, literally. Because that's the worst part about being in AEW when they're creatively bankrupt. You're booking yourself. Especially when it comes to a talent like FTR. You know, overall, Tony Khan ain't telling them what to do on a week-to-week basis. That's He's listening to their ideas a lot. Exactly. And this is your idea? Open challenge, the same thing what three other champions are fucking doing? Come on. Well, Logan, I guess one promo to these people is good build. Because half the time FTR is not even sweating Aussie Open because they're too busy in their fucking Open Challenge. So, yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I genuinely hope Aussie Open just takes the titles at this point. Uh, I, I really wish the Young Bucks would have took the titles at all in, but... Um, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, yeah, FTR easily slipped down to number three. Easily slipped down to number three in my tag team rankings. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Um, so it's just like I don't, I don't know, man. Just arguing with fans over valid fucking complaints. It's just like really, like what? I could tell you've been hanging out with Chicago Phil a little too long. Um, I think they have been. Jesus, man. It's constructive criticism. Remember in the beginning of AEW when constructive criticism was welcomed? When when fans were giving constructive criticism about the lighting and the sound and they were actually taking it into account? If things got changed, look what happened when they made things that people didn't like and they they dropped it. Like the Nightmare, like the NyQuil Collective. Exactly. Everybody said that shit was ass. And they scrapped it because it was ass. Look at that. Listening to the fans, man. AEW has slowly come so much of the opposite of why they were created and how they were created. It's so sad to see. Now you say something bad about AEW and one of their pussy-ass wrestlers has got fucking something to say about it. Um, one of their, Like I said, one of their pussy-ass wrestlers has got something to say about it. And, and and they can't fucking take criticism to save their lives or else they think we're taking personal shots at them. Dude, I'm sorry. You're a great talent. Exactly. Fucking act like it. Dude, I don't, I don't fucking know you. I'm talking about a television show right now. You're getting fucking butthurt. <sighs> I don't know. So. Anyways. Anyways, man, um, uh, Andrade and Jay White had a very good match. Danielson and uh, Ricky Starks had a very good Texas death match. Uh, RVD and Hook 
had a very good match against uh, Angelo Parker and Daddy Magic, I think. And Christian Cage, the fucking GOAT. The GOAT? Dude, this was the funniest and best way for Christian to win the fucking TNT Championship. So, Darby Allen, Darby Allen, <laughs> Darby Allen and um and uh Darby Allen and Luchasaurus were going at it. Darby got the best of Luchasaurus. He hit him with a fucking champion. He hit him with the championship. He goes for a coffin drop. Christian throws him out of the ring and pins Luchasaurus to win the TNT Championship. And then he has the audacity to run up to Luchasaurus and hug him. Like he didn't just take the fucking title from him. And Luchasaurus just lifted Christian up on his shoulders so fucking sad. It was hilarious. Dude, that shit killed me. I love that shit. That shit, the perfect, perfect way to um, officially get that title on him. I know, you know, he defended it. And um, on collision, and still your TNT champion, but that was a perfect way to do it, man. Absolutely fucking hilarious. Uh, not to mention, there was a spot in the match where Luchasaurus held the TNT title for the first time. Christian went to grab it from him, and um, Christian went to grab it from him, and Luchasaurus turned away, and then he ended up giving it to him. But I'll tell you what, if I think Darby mm-hmm. Allen's the greatest TNT champion of all time, that 2020 to 2021 reign, boy, is Christian easily number two, bro. That man is fucking hilarious and genuinely one of my favorite TNT, my second favorite TNT champion, bar none. I like how the funniest part is technically he just became champion and the, the reign we put him as his best. He wasn't even the fucking champion. He wasn't champ. even champion. <laughs> Dude, fucking love all this shit, man. Um, and I really like the breakup story that they're building up to with Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. Exactly. Let the, and it scares me a little bit for Wrestle Dream that they're having that Darby match happen yet again. But it's your chance to solidify them as a TNT champ, man. And keep it on them. And... Let Luchasaurus eventually turn on him and beat him for it, man, and win it back and actually hold the title for once, man. Just don't wardlow the man. Please, whatever you do, do not wardlow Luchasaurus after the turn happens. For the love of God. And they will. But I love what they did. Oh, they fucking, oh yeah, they fucking will. <laughs> I'm begging you. Please don't. Yeah. Definitely, bro. Definitely, man. And so Christian Cage, uh-huh. One more, oh, after you're done, I got one more thing about Collision I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. So Christian Cage finally gets that accolade, and I'm so glad Tony Khan actually gave him the accolade of being the TNT champion. And uh, I'm glad TK has has, uh, taken a liking to him enough to give him one last championship run because a lot of these older guys either don't want the title put on him or Tony Khan doesn't want to put a title on him, but I'm so glad that Christian... Um, uh, got one. Exactly, man. Exactly. And the one last thing I wanted to talk about with Collision for me, man. So they announced for WrestleDream who Max and Adam Cole will be facing. It is going to be the Righteous. 
and the righteous had a little you know vignette promo on um on collision dog oh i wish fucking windham six and the cult of windham could have happened dude their cadence is literally just the way they talk is literally just like early era cult family bray wyatt dude really? they talk in that exact cadence dude you gotta listen to it man plus they were wearing like hawaiian shit too dude oh they would have been so perfect with him man dude they talked exactly like he used to talk in those early wyatt family vignettes man the exact like southern cadence loved it dude loved it i need to see more of these guys on the mic man we really do absolutely dude again i'll say it again dude the fact wwe did not pick them up is a fucking crime is a crime they had them and they <sighs> fucking just just let them go what yep. the fuck just fucking let them go jesus um and as for raw or um, I mean, as for SmackDown, there wasn't really much on SmackDown, but to go over a little bit of it, I guess, um, we got EO and Asuka, we got Bobby Lashley. <sighs> this could go one of two ways. I was gonna say, yep. This could go the way of, this could go the way of Bobby wanting to break up with these guys um for no fucking reason or this could be the story of and it plays into it well because what would what did i complain about two weeks ago the street profits their their heel gear sucks it's just not fucking nice it's not visually pleasing gear at all It, it, it is abysmal um there's that their gear their heel gear sucks their um, their theme song does not fit their current characters, and they are like half baby faces, but they're not committing. What I love about this is that they pulled that emotion out of me. They made me feel that way. And that, this whole time, could have been the way that they, that was supposed to make us feel. Um, which I love. Because if that was the plan, then they did it perfectly they fucking did it perfectly um if it wasn't the plan then you know I'm, I'm glad somebody spotted the problem somewhere along the lines but i feel that bobby you know he had they lose the match and he set them up perfectly to win um he's trying to find that killer instinct in them and he told them he wants the washes, the suits back. He told them they need to get it together or else he's going to find somebody else that can do it. I hope he is going oh, to he, fucking God kill me. Um, I <laughs> hope that he is going to pull this out of them because this group has a lot of potential to be really fucking good. No, exactly. That better be the path. That better be the path to get that, that side out of them and, and spark that change. And if it's not, wasted everybody's time. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Uh, so that is the one of two ways it can go. But that is pretty much, honestly, man, the only thing that happened on SmackDown um, worth noting. Um, so 
Monday Night Raw. Show opens up with Cody. He talks about how he gave Jey Uso a second chance. Um, and the speculation of somebody being sent to SmackDown. He's pretty... Cody let out a very interesting shot on this episode. He said, and did I want Jey Uso here for other reasons? Maybe. And the reason is because we're not in the third inning anymore. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. See, this is why I don't mind Roman winning the title at at uh WrestleMania 39 cuz I, I i see i i can appreciate that they did it for they did it to attempt to tell a better story when we get lines mm-hmm. like that it's very nice how they've executed the Cody redemption not a fucking fan and also if we do get i swear to god if we get anything with Omos versus Cody Rhodes I'm going to lose my shit because I'm going to lose my shit they, in a good way. They got they got to be fucking with this guy at this point. Oh, oh they got to be. Oh, if he if he's in a few, if they start a feud with fucking Omas. Dude, he is he he's he's taking the road home. I'm telling you, man. But um <clears throat> I like it. I like what they're doing with this. It's interesting. And Something I thought of when you talked about Walter earlier, which doesn't really make me scared for Cody anymore, especially, you know, the writer's strike ended, everyone's going to be going back to Hollywood. If we are getting that rock match, I think it'll be, well, I don't think it'll be a mania, to be honest, at this point. Um, We also have, from, you know, another tease we'll talk about later in the night, Chicago Phil coming in, CM Punk. I hope he doesn't take Walter's spot. I hope Punk does not take Walter's spot in that world title picture in the upcoming year because I feel like if anyone's going to get their spot taken by a guy like Punk, it's got to be Walter. And that's you just going to throw me even more on the fucking guy. You know what, though? They did make Cody wait a year before they gave him a title shot. They don't know, and Punk's a lot riskier than Cody is. That is true, that is true, so... Yeah, they'll probably make that motherfucker wait. That is true, actually. All the shit he did might actually work out well in the end, because they are not Tony Khan, they will not just put a title... Okay, yeah, that makes that a little better. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's one thing to think about, because WWE is not going to fucking play games with him. Um, now, if Vince, if Vince is completely back by that time, I could absolutely see that happening because, you know, Vince is just going to want to throw a fucking title on him just like he did with all of his hot acts. He likes to throw him in a title picture way too fucking soon. Um, he did it with everybody and he'll do it with Phil, man. So it really just depends on the landscape of of the fucking company looks. Exactly. Exactly. So... So, uh, Punk, uh, or not Punk, um, so Cody said we're not in the third inning anymore. 
he talked about how uh, Jey Uso didn't join the Judgment Day. He said Judgment Day is the most toxic group in WWE, and they came out to the ring. They circled the ring um, to attack Cody. Then Jey Uso came over there. Uh, Jey Uso came from the crowd and went to stop. Uh, he went to stop um, Roman. He went to stop Roman, uh, or golly, what am I talking about? He went to uh, help Cody stop the Judgment Day. And then the Judgment Day said, oh, well, it's still two on three. So then they went to get in the ring, and then Sammy and KO, um, Sammy and KO then came over there um, uh, from the crowd to help them. And then JD McDonough came out with chairs. Damian Priest didn't want to fight, but the other three went in the ring to go start the brawl. And Damian Priest. Uh, was pissed from the uh, from ringside, and he ended up running up there and getting his ass whooped, which led to him yelling at JD in the locker room, telling him to get out, and he's not a part of the Judgment Day, and he just took a beating for a fight that he picked. Finn was telling him to calm down. He told Finn, "I don't care who you're. I don't care if your boys with him or not." Um, so yeah, that was that was the opening to Monday Night Raw. Interesting man. So. After this, Tegan Knox and Becky Lynch were talking, and Becky told her, um, you know, I created this open challenge for people like you, not for people like Natalia. Uh, Tegan said, well, I thought I was just doing a good thing. You know, Natty was the veteran, and I was right there at the curtain, but I figured I would, you know, just let her go, uh, and I shouldn't have let that opportunity pass me by. Uh, then a little later in the show, Adam Pierce was talking on the phone with somebody and said, no, we haven't finalized who's going to SmackDown yet. I don't know how fucking long this uh, finalization takes. Just pick somebody. And um, Tegan walked up. Seriously, bro. Fucking Tegan walks up, asks for uh, the winner of Becky versus Stratton. She asks, you know, to face the winner of that. Then Natalia walks up and these two proceed to put on, like, the worst fucking acting segment in wrestling history, uh, yelling at each other. Um, so, Adam Pierce tells him to shut up, and he puts them in a match later in the night. Um, I'm assuming the winner gets the winner of Becky versus Stratton at no mercy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wade Barrett says, the next match on this show is gonna be two... Big boys slapping meat. Clear, clear as day reference to the, um, to Miro and Hobbs. Um, so Bronson and Otis put on actually a really fucking fun match. It was really fucking fun. Um, just seeing these two guys trying to outpower each other and out hit each other. And dude, I'll tell you what, bro, Bronson Reed's tsunami onto another big guy looks fucking sick. It looks fucking sick, bro. Um, and Bronson picked up the victory and for the love of God, can we get this guy on the right track? Because fucking a, is he God, is he damn good? I hope so, dude. I hope so. I love Bronson Reed. He's a he's a great fucking talent, man. I ain't just saying that because we met him. He generally is great dude. talent. Um, and I hope I hope he actually you know gets momentum and gets a genuine push, man. Because he he'll he'll excel at it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, so, um, uh, yeah. So Otis, uh, hit him with the, the, the caterpillar, um, elbow drop. And then I, um, shortly after that, bro, Bronson hit him with something. And then, uh, he hit him with, uh, he hit him with a tsunami. Oh, I would love that. I would love if they built Bronson Reed up for Elimination Chamber to get to to get to Chad Gable. That'd be that would actually be pretty sick. That'd actually be pretty sick. I like that a lot. Um, be really good. Definitely, man. Definitely. Tommaso Ciampa battles the slimy Ludwig Kaiser. That is the uh, title of WWE's video. The slimy Ludwig Kaiser. Question. You you might not know the answer to this, but question for the, the, the Mattel gods. Why the fuck has it been... Four years since Imperium was created, and we do not have Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner elites. Anybody want to answer that for me? No. I don't even think they have basics. What the fuck? They haven't had like an Imperium 3-pack? Nope. I don't think there's been any figures of those guys. Any. That is fucked, dude. That is real fucked. Yep. They even made a... I I have it. They even made the, the Gunther main roster run in his red gear. And no Ludwig Kaiser... Behind him. Nothing. Oh, it makes no goddamn sense. Absolutely none. Um, uh, Speaking of these guys, Walter was in the back and he told Ludwig he was mad at Geo for... um He, he was mad at Fabian Eichner for, lose, uh, for tapping out last week. Ludwig came over there and he told him that um he told him he told him that geo is your problem now so if he has a problem that means you have a problem and if you have a problem that means we have a problem i don't know why they're like even hinting at this it's just walter has clear as day said in interviews before that he likes Imperium and he doesn't think they should ever break up. And you're making him do this shit. I hate this fucking breakup tease bullshit, dude. It's horrible. <clears throat> it's really is fucking horrible. Tegan Knox defeats Natalia. Uh oh yeah, Tommaso Champa beat uh Marcel Barthel as well. Uh Tegan Knox defeats Natalia. Seth Rollins comes out there and he does the the only thing that was right to do. The only thing that makes logical sense. Seth said, okay, dude, I'm the champion here. I'm giving you an opportunity to accept the challenge. And if you want to play games, there's other people that I can face for this championship. So it, it is what it is. Nakamura... Then did one of his backstage uh, backstage vignettes where he's speaking Japanese and he tells Seth um, he was talking for like three minutes too. It felt like it went on for fucking ever. Um, he tells Seth he tells Seth um, uh, 
damn, what'd he tell him? Um, oh, he, he accepted his challenge at Fastlane in a last man standing match. And then Seth cut a fiery promo afterwards talking about how Nakamura looks at his back as a weakness, but to Seth, it's a strength. Um, so yeah, so that was that. And we're getting a last man standing match, almost reminiscent to the AJ Styles feud. Nakamura loses the first title match, and then we go into the last man standing match where he fucking loses again. Um, so, you know, yeah, Nak's going to lose again, and then he's going to go off into obscurity um, as if he's not already there now. You guys know how I felt about this feud. I just genuinely do not care about Nakamura, and I just don't care for Nakamura as a heel at all. I like his charismatic baby face swag i think it's very cool and they make him a heel and it just doesn't resonate with anybody um no it really doesn't yeah not at all not at all so (sighs) michael cole calls out nia Jax. he asks her he asked her why everyone in the Raw Women's Division has been uh, why everyone in the Raw Women's Division has been uh, a target for her. She's standing there. She goes, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention to a thing you were saying. What? Are you fucking drunk? <laughs> says, I'm sorry I wasn't paying attention to a thing you were saying. She tells Michael Cole, I am the most dangerous woman in WWE. And then Zoe Stark comes out, gets in her face, tells Nia to do something to her. Um, Nia pushes her. They have a match and Nia beats her. You brought back Nia Jax. What? But you got rid of Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> like a fucking ultimate opposite of talent. And you fucking choose the fucking the bottomless pit. You got somebody in Dolph Ziggler who's a fantastic heel. A fantastic babyface. Actually, I, I love Dolph Ziggler as a babyface. I think he's very underrated as a babyface. Um, somebody who can work his ass off, somebody who can sell, right? Psychology, right? Somebody who can tell a good story and you get rid of him, but you bring back Nia Jax who cuts one of the most scathing promos, one of the most horrendous, abysmal promos I've ever heard of in my fucking life. This promo sucked tell me you're reading off a fucking script word for word without telling me you're reading off a fucking script word for word horrible literally complete horseshit was this you got rid of mustafa ali who could have been a tremendous baby face in your company and you brought back nia Jax. You got rid. You got rid of Shelton, who you pretty much wasted 
the better part of the later half of his career, somebody who's a part of one of the most fucking underutilized factions in wrestling history, somebody who you could have kept on board to do a reunion of that underutilized faction, and you got rid of him, and you bring in Nia Jax. Underutilized fan-favorite faction at that. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Who doesn't fucking love the goddamn her business? Who didn't want to see them fucking reunite? Dude, like, I hated Raw Underground, but that one episode where those three went down there, took their suits off, and beat the fuck out of everybody, that shit was fucking fire, bro. That shit was like, fire. Like, bro, they are goaded, bro. They are one of the fucking most enjoyable factions in... For a, it's been a while, and just never did anything with them, and you just scrapped the group. Yep. God, Nothing. and you fire one of their main pieces. Oh, Doesn't fucking make sense. Unreal. I don't know, dude. So, Nia Jax defeats Zoe Stark with a leg drop. Okay, um, the Miz TV, Miz TV, actually this one was very good, this one, uh, improved, uh, this one improved a story, uh, this one, or, uh, progressed a story, I mean, um, Drew McIntyre was the special guest of Miz TV, Miz sat him down and started going over straight truths, with Drew McIntyre about how he got screwed by Jey Uso and pretty much just fueling everything that you would put in a heel's head. Drew McIntyre didn't say a word. He didn't rebut any of it. He just sat there and listened as he just sat there with this angry fucking look on his face. Um, The New Day came out. They said, Drew, a while ago you were Big D. You were the guy that we respected. You were the guy that you knew would always do the right thing. You knew he would always do the right thing. And, and and this this new side of you isn't you. The Miz kept going to talk. And Drew McIntyre kept telling him, shut up, Miz. Every time he would go to talk. And then Drew would clap back at the New Day. This led to... Um, this led to the Miz uh, eventually getting on Drew's nerves so bad when he went to say... When my hand goes up, your mouth goes, and then he gave him a Glasgow kiss and headbutted the hell out of him. And he um he had a really good back and forth with the new day. I can't remember what it what it was about, um, to be honest, but um but I remember it being very fucking good. I remember it being very good. It was it was pretty much just about how uh Pretty much Drew McIntyre kind of kind of feeling sorry for himself a little bit, but uh, in a, in a uh, he's he was definitely more angry about it than he's definitely more angry about it than um than uh, sad. So he was definitely you could definitely tell the frustrations getting to him. Uh, that's what it was about actually. They were mad at him for walking away on Jey Uso. They were mad at him for walking away on Jey Uso, and Drew McIntyre went through the list. Of how he was at Clash. And they fucked him over. The bloodline fucked him over. And then. uh, You know they tried saying that he's here. To start uh, fresh. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre said well karma's a bitch. 
Um, and then the Miz had asked him when they were sitting down, how did it feel to get upstaged by Cody Rhodes last week? And Drew, and, and, and that pissed Drew off. That pissed Drew off. And he said, uh, um, he said, he said, well, well, Cody, you know, Cody did what he did and, um, he's going to get what he has coming to him too. Um, and, and that's going to turn around and, 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 uh, not be good for him, you know, bringing Jey Uso back in the fold. And, and then, yeah, after this, he had a match with Kofi. He beat Kofi, uh, because Ivar came out, attacked Xavier Woods. Drew didn't give a fuck the whole time that Xavier was just getting his ass whooped. Kofi was concerned. Drew capitalized, gave him a Claymore. Pretty much exactly what happened last week with you can see the shift in uh, Drew's morals and what he cares about and what he doesn't care about. Um, He didn't give a fuck. And Ivar uh, came in and was attacking Kofi after the match and Drew just walked right out. It's interesting, dude. I I love it. And I can't wait for this full heel turn to be here in full, man. We get that fired up, just mad as fuck, angry Drew McIntyre, man. I can't wait. Yes. This was, yes, I love, like, when WWE does something like this and they tell a constant story on a week-to-week basis and it's intriguing stuff and you can see the shift in somebody's character, this is what I love about professional wrestling. And guess what? Take notes, AEW. This feels like a huge deal. This feels like a huge fucking deal. Um, and 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 as as it should, bro. I mean, this this is being treated like a huge deal, and it's coming off like a huge deal as well. And I'm loving every second of it. It really is, dude. It really is. Yes, and when we finally do get that turn, it's going to be a great seismic shift with the roster, and we're going to have a a great badass heel. On, on on the brand, bro. And it's going to be fucking sick. No, exactly. And I can't wait. So. Dragon Lee. Versus Dominic Mysterio. This shit was a great fucking showcase for Dragon Lee. He had that crowd going ape shit, bro. He was doing all of his fucking moves, um the, the his little uh, hurricane rana over the top rope. Um dude, he had the fucking fans going nuts. Another thing about Dominic, dude, I I like Dominic's heel heat. I I think I think he gets a lot of good heel heat. WWE is trying way too fucking hard with they're like it's, it's it's literally so obvious that they're just lowering his mic and they're booing this man as if he's Tommaso Ciampa in 2018. But the beautiful part about Tommaso Ciampa was that was the real noise. Exactly, they didn't edit the shit because that's the thing. You really don't even need to edit the dog boos. Leave them as they are. They're just fine. Come on, man. I hate when they do that shit, and it makes. To me, it makes it less cool because, yeah, he's actually is getting booed like crazy because, you know, he is a heel. But it makes him look like they're trying too hard to the fact where 
If it was fucking WWE three years ago, I would be thinking he isn't getting booed at all with the way they edited it. Dude, I don't know, man. Like, dude, again, he gets heat. You do not need to manufacture the shit to make this guy sound like Tommaso Ciampa in 2018. He gets decent heat as it is. You look in the crowd, majority of the people are booing. But it's the tune-up of the audio that gets it for me. Because it's just like, dude, you do not have to do all this. Like, Dominic gets heat. Like, you don't, I promise you, you do not need to do all this extra bullshit to get us there. Literally. So, in the main event, there was the undisputed tag team match between Sammy KO versus the Judgment Day. <laughs> um, It needs to end. I mean... <sighs> How fucking long is this going to go on? And after this, like, they're using all of Raw's top stars in this feud. So where do we go after this? Like, everybody faced each other already in this massive feud. So after Survivor Series, what do you do with one thing at Raw? Like, you already <laughs> kind of did Seth and the Judgment Day you're, you know, you, you kind of, you used to do Cody in the Judgment Day, you know, back towards Money in the Bank in the middle of the Cody Brock feud, but, you know, oh, yeah. now, now you're dipping into it again. Sammy in the Judgment Day has been, Sammy and KO in the Judgment Day have been going on for a little bit now. What are we doing, bro? I mean, Jesus, uh, rinse and fucking repeat, man. It's horrible. Exactly, like after SummerSlam, it's only a reasonable thing to have. Fuck, dude, I do that every fucking year. <laughs> I see the SS, and I just think SummerSlam, I do it every fucking year. That's usually um, why I do S S S V R S R S. Yep, exactly. Because fucking fuck, dude. But, um, <clears throat> goddamn, my fucking voice. After a Survivor Series, the only original thing you'll have is a heel Drew McIntyre. Everybody already faced each other at that point. You just got him doing his shit. Like, he, come he on, He could man. have a feud with Cody that's going to be fantastic, but Drew's going to have to what, lose. And what if Cody just leaves Raw before then? Which, in a way, I actually kind of is the preferred path for me because that me sets too. up a future feud. Because yeah. maybe Drew wins money in the bank. He's going to hold and, that grudge. He's going to hold that grudge. So I would actually like if um, Cody escapes before he really feels the wrath of him. Right. But um, Or maybe to mm -hmm. keep to keep Gunther and Drew separate. Because with Drew becoming a heel, if Drew catches fire, it's literally going to be around the time that Walter is supposed to win the world or supposed to win the Royal Rumble. So I'm thinking you split them up in the draft. And in doing that, you put you split Cody and Gunther up in the draft as well, and you put Cody and Drew on the same show, send Walter to the other show, and have him be the world champion on SmackDown, per se. I like that. I like that, man. Definitely. Um, but this match had a little bit more importance, I guess. This one was actually for the tag titles. Um, so... 
uh, it was a great match at that. Um, everybody ended up coming out. Dominic came out. Then Jey Uso came out. Then JD McDonough came out. Then Cody came out. And then everybody's just out there fighting. Um, I thought they were going to call the match off and make it like a fucking eight-man tag, to be honest. Um, but then once I seen JD in his street gear, I was like, oh, okay. I think we're just going to go with this. Um, so... JD hits Sammy with the championship after he goes for the Huluva kick and um, Judgment Day end up winning the match. They pointed out that they won the titles because of JD and now they retain the titles again because of JD and they, you know, were questioning when JD was going to get in the good graces of Damian Priest. So they won the match and then after the show, Cody and Jay came out again to continue the brawl. And uh, the show went off the air with all-out chaos. Ugh, I hate when shit ends like that. Oh, I hate so when corny. fucking just a bunch of people feuding. Just for, oh, I hate it. I swear. <clears throat> Pure bedlam. And then they're just all fighting as the fucking show goes off the air. <laughs> like, what happens? You just fucking... All right, camera cut. Just all right. Let's go home. Like you gotta fucking the fuck. That's all I imagine when show ends like that. It's just them going home afterwards and just giving up. God, I never even thought about it like that until now. But yeah, man. So that was the week of professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. That was Grand Slam. The decent, decent-ish episode of monday night raw that we got tonight of course repetitive as always but there was a uh, there was a lot of good in it drew mcintyre the drew mcintyre shit definitely made the show for me i really enjoyed that i really had a great time with that um and then the dragon lee i can't wait for guys like him to hit the main roster guys like braun guys like carmelo i think they're all gonna do great it's just a matter of fucking Shawn michaels fucking wanting to give them up I, and I don't know that he ever will. So I know the, this guy just fucking, I don't know. He fucking refuses to call anybody up and unless you're, uh, unless your name is solo Sokoa. So I don't know, man. I don't know. So, but yeah, Dragon Lee did great, man. I love the stuff with Drew McIntyre. Uh, the, the Bronson Reed match was good. I, I like, I like seeing Bronson get showcased and another week where we don't know if Johnny Gargano is going to make it through the week. It, it sucks. It absolutely sucks that we have to talk about a guy like that fearing for his job. But um, I don't know, man. We'll see, dude. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, man. So with that, that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Seals Podcast. Another great edition of Notorious Unscripted. This has been episode 162, your September 26th edition of Unscripted, man. So with that... Again, that is going to do it for this edition of Unscripted. Ladies and gentlemen, please like, comment, and, uh, well, I kind of skipped ahead on myself. It has been always, always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. And I'm Sir Kenny. And that is going to do it for this edition of Unscripted. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. We love you guys. Thank you for everybody who came out, showed some love, man. Again, thank you guys so much. We love you guys. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you guys on Friday with not only the news, but the AEW Wrestle Dream predictions.
a bitch. Now I throw shields on the dick to stop them from the HIV shit. And niggas know they thoughts like the point we fill in. Playing the villain, prepare for the trap killing. Biggest smalls is the illest. The style is played out. Like on the one that what you talking about, Willis. The thrill is gone, the black, white, white is there to excite. 